Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New York Giants. This is the Giants Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Giants Wire editor, Dan Benton. There it is, Dan. The Giants beat the Eagles 27-17, headed to the bye week, firmly in the race for the NFC East title. The path, Dan, to the number four seed, alive and well for the Giants. What do you think? Step number one, down. Now we got to come out of the bye week healthy and uh, get that win against the Bengals. And uh, it's interesting if that happens. I was talking about it to some to some fans on Twitter earlier today, talking about it to my staff members. Where the Giants are one win away. They're one win away from going into December playing competitive, meaningful football for the first time in four years. And that alone is just awesome. As you've been saying for weeks and you saw it coming, I got to give you credit, Dan. I got to keep going back to that. You saw this coming. The, the Giants are playing better football and they're getting better. And that's a good thing. And two huge stats from the game that stuck out to me. Giants hold the Eagles to 0 for 9 on third down. So they never gave up a third down conversion in the entire freaking game. And they didn't turn the football over. They are on the right trajectory, it seems. They certainly are. And it's easy to see how things are in short bursts and say, you know, this team's not good. You, you know, this team doesn't have what it takes. And that's not a knock against anybody. You know, that's just that's just a society we live in. It's sort of an instant gratification society. It's kind of hard to see the forest through the trees. And, you know, early on, the Giants were a bad football team. They were playing close games, but they were a bad football team. And then they started to get a little bit better, but they were still kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But you saw the improvements. And then a couple weeks ago against the Buccaneers, you really saw things starting to turn around a little bit and granted Daniel Jones did have those crushing interceptions in that game but the team as a whole you, you saw it finally starting to turn that corner and then in the last two weeks I think we saw the product more along the lines of what it's going to be at the end of the season than it was, what it was at the beginning of the season obviously there's still a lot of improvements to be made but Giants fans the fan base as a whole they should be excited about this team they are headed in the right direction and you haven't only been the captain of team Danny Dimes but you've been the captain of team Joe Judge as well you've been loving Joe Judge I've noticed it in your tweets and your in your writing in the podcast stand there was a some point where Joe Judge really won you over I think because there was a time where we're all like oh man like is he the right guy remember like when things weren't going so well earlier on in the year but there was like a turning point for you at some point where you were like man joe judge is the guy what was that turning point for you i don't know if it was any one thing i just think it's his level of common consistency and i'm sure as you've seen me write a million times and you've heard me say on the show a million times consistency is essential in the nfl and judge goes to work every single day with a singular mindset that you've got to be best and you've got to win this week, this week only. Don't look behind. Don't look ahead. Just focus on now. And the more this team buys into that and the more they continue to focus on what it is they're doing every single day, the better they get. And they take that lead from Judge. And I think there was a point, a few points earlier this season where, you know, he kind of came off of a few bad losses, games that the team should have won. And he never got too down. And then you kind of saw where the team started winning and he doesn't get too high. He just stays centered. He just stays focused. And that leads to success in the NFL. So I think anybody who's on the outside looking in and they're kind of watching Joe Judge, especially those who are early on looking at it like, you know, who is this guy? Why would the Giants hire him? This is going to be a disaster. I think if you look at the whole body of work and then kind of just watch Judge on a week-to-week basis, on a day-to-day basis, you kind of see what he brings to the table in terms of calm, consistency, focus, but also that win-now attitude, uh, 
uh, go out there and get what's yours. And I just think the overall package that is Joe Judge is something that fans should be excited about. And I'm glad that other people are starting to see it now. It all feels good right now. The Giants are on a winning streak, right, Dan? Like, this is all good. But I don't want to take too much air out of the balloon. I don't. But we do have some news that are that is breaking. People are going to want to check on Giants Wire because things are going to change and this podcast is going to drop it. There's going to be new news out there. But we do know that the kicker has been placed on the COVID list, correct? And some staffers, too. Can you just, like, what are you hearing right now? What's the latest on the Giants COVID situation? Well, as it's happening right now, Graham Gano is going to be placed on the reserve COVID-19 list later this afternoon. You know, it's a good thing, obviously, that the Giants have a bye week. It took uh, Will Hernandez, the guard, took him 13 days to get back. So from today, the Giants have 13 days in, until their next game. Um, so that may be just enough to get him back. Yeah, uh, We'll see. Obviously, that's a tremendous impact. This guy is 21 of 22 um, on field goals this year. He's connected on uh, 20 straight now. He's Mr. Automatic. That's what we've been calling him for the last few weeks, and uh, it, it would be a huge loss for him to miss any time. Obviously, you don't take the virus lightly, so we wish him well. Outside of that, they're doing contact tracing. They've put two staffers um, in isolation. They're unnamed at the moment. We're not sure who they are, and obviously, they're going around, and they'll be doing multiple rounds of testing uh, today. They were going to have on-field activities today and tomorrow, so that would be Tuesday and Wednesday. Those are now canceled for the remainder of the week before they go into the bye and they send the players home. All meetings will be held uh, remotely for the time being. As we said before we started recording, Dan, it's a good time for the bye week. The Giants can just go home, chill out, not have a COVID outbreak if we can get back and play some yeah. football when the Bengals game right. comes up. But coming up next, five questions from around the Giants in the NFL with Dan Benton. I'm looking forward to that. We'll do that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for Week 11 of the NFL season. Quarterback Jameis Winston versus the Atlanta Falcons. Winston replaces Drew Brees, who's injured and is going to miss at least several weeks. The former Tampa Bay quarterback has plenty of weapons, the familiarity with this week's opponent, and it doesn't hurt that Atlanta has given up the second most passing yards and the most touchdowns to quarterbacks in 2020. You'll see some Taysom Hill worked in as usual, but Winston is a strong play and has a lot on the line. Running back DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions is moving into that must-start territory. He was officially designated the starter prior to last week's game, and Swift averaged 5.1 yards per carry on his 16 totes, adding another 68 yards and a score in five receptions. Up next is the Carolina defense, one that was slashed last week by Ronald Jones, and he was the sixth back to get at least 25 PPR points in 10 games this year. No team has allowed more catches to the position in 2020. Another guy coming off a strong performance in Week 10, Willie Sneed of the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Averaging six targets in his last three games, Sneed's increase in action has finally paid off with a pair of scores against the Patriots Sunday night. He has Lamar Jackson's trust in all settings and is their go-to clutch receiver. Tennessee has given up huge receiving results in the last five weeks and mostly throughout 2020. This is by far the best matchup for receptions, 25 more than second place, and it's number two for yardage gains. Seven touchdowns have been scored by wide receivers in the last five games. Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He has at least four targets in every game this year and 12 in the last two weeks. Even with a two-game scoreless streak, Thomas has scored 10-plus PPR points in three of his last four games. Prior to holding Eric Ebron to a 38-yard game in Week 10, a contest in which Pittsburgh's receivers destroyed Cincinnati all over the field, 
The Bengals had given up six touchdowns to tight ends in the previous four contests. Thomas makes for a sneaky play if you're desperate for a tight end. For more fantasy football tips, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in, and the Cardinals lead it 32-30 with a second left. You can't Just chuck that thing up into the air, into the desert sky, baby. And D-Hop brought it down. Touchdown. Into the desert sky, baby, Dan. I just, I had to play that for you. I had to play that for you. Why am I playing that for Dan Benton? Why? Because Dan Benton loves Daniel Jones. And the only other quarterback in the 2019 draft class that anyone could ever care about is Kyler Murray, right? So to kick off five questions from around the Giants in the NFL with you, Dan, I just wanted to pose this question. If you could have any quarterback from 2019 to lead the Giants, would you take Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones? Oh, come on. You know the, you know the answer to that question. I'm not it's- sure I do. It's nothing against Kyler Murray. I just think that uh, Daniel Jones might be a better fit for uh, this <laughs> offense. <laughs> and, and, and again, you know, Kyler Murray's a talented quarterback. He really is. Uh, you know, he's got a bright future. I genuinely believe that. Would Daniel Jones be good on the Cardinals? I don't necessarily think so. Would Kyler Murray be good on these Giants? I don't necessarily think so. I think they're kind of in the right spot for each other. You know, if, if the, the slate is blank and all things are equal, maybe I'll still be a bit of a homer and take Daniel Jones anyway. So... <laughs> So we'll, we'll go with that. No, one thing I absolutely love about you, Dan, is your consistency. And you have not, you've been very, very consistent on that point. So I got to give you credit. So I tried. I tried to trip you up there. I tried to like maybe, you know, I pulled out a Hail Mary, see if you maybe pick somebody other than Daniel Jones, but you're not doing it. You're not going there. No, I'm sticking with Danny Dimes. I love it. So on a less funny note, when do you think we'll see DeAndre Baker play in the NFL again? Obviously, he's on his way to being reinstated. He's got this crazy, crazy story about how he, you know, got, obviously got suspended and, and he's no longer with the Giants. They cut him. But would you be open to bringing him back to the Giants for Dave Gettleman, or are you letting somebody else deal with that? I mean, personally, if I were a decision maker, I, I, I would. The Giants aren't going to. I think they've made that abundantly clear in the last 24 hours or so. Uh, they've essentially closed the door on that. I, I was a little I was a little mipped with the Giants, actually, when they released him. Again, and I said this earlier, we're kind of in this, like, uh, I don't want to call it gratification, but we're kind of in this instant results kind of world. And the public pressure on the Giants at the time that the story was initially breaking and it was immense. And they really, from a PR and public perception standpoint, from an optic standpoint, you know, especially after dealing with the whole Josh Brown thing a few years ago, they didn't really have a choice. And granted, listen, there were issues with Baker. Not that extreme, obviously, but, you know, he fell asleep at meetings uh, last season. There were some issues with coaches and teammates. It's not like, you know, his his rookie season was flawless from a, a personal standpoint. But I cautioned at the time that this story was breaking, that there were things that just didn't add up. It was bizarre. It was never any less bizarre over the course of this whole thing. In fact, I think it deserves its own Netflix docuseries at this point. It's one of, the, one of the craziest stories that I've ever covered in my entire life. From a talent standpoint, listen, he was playing great over the last six games of, of last season. And, you know, the Giants are weak at cornerback too. So would I personally take him back and give him an opportunity? Under Joe Judge, you bet I would. Joe Judge 
doesn't seem to want that responsibility for him and seems content with the decision they make, so be it. Uh, as far as playing in the league again soon, I expect it to happen. I can't see why it wouldn't. I know the league is continuing their investigation into Baker and could still discipline him under the personal conduct policy, which, you know, we'll see what they dig up. It may or may not be justified. The bottom line is, is he was in bad company. He made a bad choice to go to that party and stick around. What happened after that, you know, it's anybody's guess at this point. We're never going to know. We will never know because of how things played out. Uh, But the bottom line is the American justice system is very specific in the way that it's built. And the charges are dropped. You're innocent until proven guilty. He will never be proven guilty. And it's just time to move on and give the kid a second chance. Maybe one story. There's only one story better than the Giants possibly going from one and seven to the number four seed, Dan. There's only one story I like more and I think it's Alex Smith and we, and we all know oh love it yeah we all know what it is by now right we all know that story 17 surgeries highly unlikely that he was ever going to walk again now he's not only back under center for Washington but this past week career highs yeah. completions attempts yards almost rallied that team back against yep. the uh, Detroit Lions cool moment to see him out there like getting his kind of getting sacked every other play it seemed when he first kind of started playing this year I was like all right well it's it's nice to see him back out there but <laughs> he's not the same guy but to see him play really really well this past weekend I don't care who you are like that was a good moment right best story in the NFL oh so far, yeah you think? oh oh by far the best story in the NFL and listen I I hate the fact that he's on Washington because so much of who I am <laughs> wants to root for this guy to win sure but I know it's detrimental to the Giants and listen I wouldn't have been upset if they rallied you know granted yes from the standings point you know wouldn't have been great for the Giants but I, I wouldn't have felt bad if he rallied the team back and won that would have been huge for him that would have been huge for his wife and for his family and you know every time i see him out on the field i I don't just feel good for him i feel good for that family when he he first stepped on the field earlier this year against the giants the look on his wife's face was it was just unbelievable and you know you could see all the emotions from the worry to the love to the care to you know to the point where she was almost sick to her stomach but yeah what an amazing story that is If, if if people aren't familiar and didn't watch the documentary and I can't imagine why in the world you wouldn't have, you know, have already done so at this point. Go back and watch it because what Alex Smith went through is it's horrific and it's amazing and it's a miracle and it's just a truly great story. And I don't really care what happens for the rest of the season. The fact that he's under center starting for Washington, he is the comeback player of the year in my eyes. Once you see images of that leg, right, Dan? Uh, yeah, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. It's it's amazing to think that he's out there playing. It, oh, it really is. Unbelievable. It's in you know, it's that's that's a one good thing about twenty twenty is the advancements we made in that in that oh, yeah. in that thing. Because that wasn't that wouldn't have been the case back in the day. But more with Dan Benton. More questions for Dan coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 11 Monday Night Football game between the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers come in favored by three and a half points on home field. They beat the Carolina Panthers 46-23 last week. The Rams, they're three and a half point underdogs after their 23-16 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Jeff, how are you feeling about this one? Give me the better coach and the better defense of the Los Angeles Rams. 
people took Sean McVay for granted and weren't high on the Rams before the season started, but he's got them tied for first place in the NFC West, and I still think the Rams are undervalued. And who's even got the best defense in this game? Rams give up the second fewest points per game and the fewest yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. I'm on the Rams plus three and a half. It's very evenly matched. You're dead on there. The Buccaneers, they have more offensive weapons for the Rams to cover. They keep them busy. They win by four points. All odds courtesy of BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSlip and Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Okay, Dan, looking at the NFC playoff picture, which could include the Giants, as we talked about last week. Could include, like, you never know. You never know. Uh, the Seahawks are fading, and their defense is terrible, and they had a bad game against the Rams this past week, so they've lost a couple in a row. Now Drew Brees has multiple rib fractures and a collapsed lung. So who do you think gets the NFC NFC top seed when this is all said and done? Is it the Green Bay Packers or the oh, field? Boy. Anyone other than the Green Bay Packers, what do you think? I, you know, oh, boy, you never really want to discount Tom Brady. And I know yep. that they may not be, like, you know, number one in the in the minds of people who are looking at the NFC East that are in the NFC, the NFC playoffs and, and you know, the final stretch of the season, but it's hard to count out Tom Brady. The Packers, obviously Aaron Rodgers playing out of his mind, but they've had a couple of hiccups that you look at them and kind of wonder, is this team, is this team consistent enough to win these big games, especially when they're on the road and they're not at home in their comfort zone. And I don't, I don't necessarily know that they are. Do I think they're better than most of the teams in the NFC? Absolutely. But when it comes to that big one-off game, especially if they're on the road, I don't necessarily know that I have a tremendous amount of faith in them. I don't know what the Saints are going to look like without Breeze, but I do expect them to come back before the season is over and pick right up where he left off. You know, the Cardinals are kind of exciting. The Rams are, are kind of a fun team. Like you said, the Seahawks are beginning to fade. It's funny because we went game by game over the Giants' path to the playoffs last week. Right. And my initial reaction was just wipe that out as a loss. Yeah, maybe not. I don't necessarily know that that's the case hey, at this we, point. We, so. we hold the Right, we reserve the right to go back on the path and, and amend whatever whatever predictions yep. we made to to help the Giants' chances. Stand. So yeah, we will do that if we need kind, to. Exactly, because now we're kind of looking at it like those two games against the Birds back to back, and it's like you know they both could go either way, and the Giants really only got to win one of them. So no doubt about I it. think their their odds are a little bit improved because Seattle is starting to fade, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know that Russell Wilson can put up enough to keep them in these games when their defense is playing so poorly. So it is a bit of a coin flip but i mean if i were a betting man at this point i would just based on history alone and just this competitive nature i would kind of look at tom brady and say you know if i had to pick someone if i had to trust one of these teams it would be the buccaneers i think it's a good pick because they do have that big head-to-head win over the packers too so if they get Mm -hmm. into a situation where they need that tiebreaker that comes in play so yeah i like the bucks too but the green bay packers schedule is woof it's so easy down the stretch so freaking easy so we'll see that's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out all right, Dan, so when the Giants do get back to playing some football, they're going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, if you could take one player off the entire Cincy lineup and plug it into the Giants roster this year, who would you take and why? Well, that's actually a pretty good question. Um, man, my, my initial instinct would just be to say someone like Joe Mixon, but Wayne Gallman is playing so well right now that I don't know that I'd really want to mess around with that too much. Uh, another option, I think, and I'm a little torn on this because I expected bigger things from him so far this season, yeah. uh, especially with Joe Burrow, but that would be A.J. Green. I know that he's kind of on the back end 
of his career trajectory at this point, but the Giants really desperately lack that big play outside wide receiver, that tall guy, like six, what, six, three, six, four, six, five, something like that, who could, you know, really go up and get it in the end zone, in the red zone, and, you know, maybe take some pressure off some of the other wide receivers. Cause the Giants have had constant and consistent separation issues at the wide receiver position. And even this past week against the Eagles, you kind of saw that where they had to go up and make these incredibly contested catches because they're just not creating enough separation. And I think A.J. Green would help that entire unit across the board, and that would be a real benefit to Daniel Jones. So at least on the offensive side of the ball, if I had to pluck one of them, it would still be A.J. Green maybe in a year, you know, maybe a year off kind of deal or something like that. I like it. So just for the record, when you said Joe, I almost fell over, but you said Joe Mixon, not Joe Burrow. So just for the record, right. it's not Joe Burrow, right? Just for the record. <laughs> right, not Joe Burrow, no. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm going to stick with Daniel Jones. I no know, matter man. how many, you can throw as many curveballs that you want. <laughs> I'm waiting for him. You could tell I was a, you could tell I was a reporter back in the day, couldn't you? Because yeah, you know, right. I'm just like, you know, just changing the question, but asking you the same freaking thing yep. over and over. No, I know where you're at. I know where you're at. You, you are unwavering, my friend. Uh, so <laughs> what, what's the bye week look like for you? Are you watching football all weekend? Are you taking a break? What's going on with you? I've actually got the next three days off. I can't wait for Good it. For you. you know, it's been a while now, so I'm going to take the next three days off. I'll be back at it on Saturday on Giants Wire, pumping out contact, uh, watching a ton of college football. I really actually enjoy the college game immensely. It's one of my favorite. Maybe it's just because I don't cover the college game so much. You know, if I'm not doing draft evaluations, is that I can kind of just relax and just take in and enjoy the game. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. I live close to West Point, so I'm a big-time Army fan as well. I, I kind of pick favorite teams. Teams, you know, based on on the conference. So I also enjoy Auburn, even though this isn't quite their year. Uh, so it'll it'll be fun just to sit back and kind of just enjoy the games, watch what's going on. Hopefully, you know, not a lot of games get postponed this Saturday. And then on uh, then on Sunday, you know, again, just just back at it, enjoying football that I don't have to stress over watching divisional games and seeing how things shape up headed into the headed into the next week. All right, man. Always appreciate these chats with you. Uh, next week we'll get back at it. We'll get back on the path to the NFC East title. Sound good? Sounds awesome. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.